0: Now broadcasting live it via so Ustream loud. or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdumboard.com presents the Bagdum Cast.
1: Oh my goodness, and that is crazy.
0: Why are we friends
1: with you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad i didn't get wow, slapped. I'm glad to your mom is uh,
2: uh, You said your know. parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really should I punch sense. him? It doesn't <laughs> like, work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 216. I'm Chris.
1: I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being
2: The Weekend Geek. Bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list the books that we are looking forward to coming out May twenty eighth 2014.
0: And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're doing a trade-in policy for Aerosmith from DC Wildstorm Comics by Kurt Busiek and Carlos Pacheco.
1: Yeah, we've been doing this uh, once a month now, the trade-in policy, where... Uh where we've rotated between all of us, uh, books that we've liked or books that we've been interested in
2: reading. Or books that we really want to read but never get around, around to it.
1: it. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that'll be me, basically. <clears throat> all, all my <laughs> picks, All my picks will be books that have been out pretty much forever. And if you're a good comic book nerd, you've probably already read them, except for me, because I'm a bad comic book nerd. You know why I'm so bad? All and the what, drinking, all the drinking I do.
2: That's that's what makes me. I was going to say because he ran a podcast. Um, I'll be right back. Ruin, I'm going to blow my nose. You guys can continue talking though.
1: Because I ruin a podcast more like it. And what are we drinking, John? As you take a big old sip of beer.
2: This is the this double this treat? is the regular Crooked IPA. IPA. Uh, this is something that's been sitting in the cellar for a year, hmm. a little longer than a year. Kind of like a comic book. Uh, underneath yeah. my bed, we're trying to clear out that cellar, get that stuff that should have been drunk a while ago, and uh, this is one of them. Um, a very iced tea taste to it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's you not know, uh, real hop. It's just it's iced a tea. Yeah. Year old multi IPA.
0: We've had this beer before, and I've liked it more
2: on tap. I now. think
0: this is great. Bottles, I don't think it's very good. Yeah, I agree. This is one of those things on tap. I would. Probably drink if there was nothing else I wanted, but in bottle it's it hasn't wowed me any of the times that we've had it. No, so I'm ready to to wash this one away. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that's that. That's what we have to do, though. Uh, this was a step. This Dark Horse Brewing was established in 1997, right? This isn't a 1997 year old
2: beer. Never. No, okay, good because it would make sense. It makes sense that you read the 1997 off the box, box and. And then try to make is. that joke. Mm-hmm. I did try to make that joke. Well, what's making news?
1: I feel this, like this beer isn't. I, know. <laughs> I feel like John's trying to de-rail this podcast like he's some
2: sort of spy. I am not a spy. Are <laughs> you a spy? I was a spy. No longer a spy. <laughs> Paul, uh, any news? You got any uh computer news or gaming news or oh, that no. news that you bring to the table? Computer news has kind of gone
1: silent because, you know, we're right before E3. We're just a couple weeks away from that. But I did post on our Facebook page, Bag board, Board, uh, Edgar Wright would no longer be directing or involved with the Ant-Man movie. Yeah, I posted that to the Facebook page, John. I brought that news.
2: Hey, boom.
1: Boom. John you didn't bring that table you didn't bring that to, table. Didn't okay. bring that to the table. i didn't i did but yeah the news
0: coming out from marvel studios that edgar wright is no longer attached to this movie they will be in announcing a director. there i can't a
1: direct director?
0: I, I my allergies okay. just started bothering me as soon as i got over here for some reason um <clears throat> um they will have a director announced and it is still on track to i think
2: they did announce a nope. no they haven't no
0: well they're not going to say anything with comic-con coming up Oh, that's true um but they are still on track to have their july 15th 15th, 2017 whatever 2015 release i'm still hitting that release date um this is supposedly due to creative differences where he wanted to take it one way marvel wanted to take it a different way to keep it a little bit more grounded so it'll play well with all the other movies that they have or have coming out or could possibly have come out um, and it sounds like it was pretty amiable.
2: Uh, yeah, um, and pe- some of the big Marvel people in the, in the films have made some Twitter comments. Uh, um, James Gunn for one, and then, uh, Joss Whedon put out a picture of himself holding up a Cornetto bar, um, <laughs> in a, as a sign of solidarity. And, uh, James Gunn put out in a release that sometimes you have friends in a relationship, you love each of them uh, dearly as individuals and think they're amazing people. When they talk to you about their troubles, you do everything you can to support them and keep them together. Because if you love them both so much, it doesn't make sense that they shouldn't love each other. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that they just didn't work out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not because of us.
2: They both love us very much. They both they just don't love each other. They both they both want to make what they think is the right movie and both of them have a different outlook on that. Mm-hmm. And also stepping away from Marvel Studios
0: related projects is Daredevil showrunner Drew Goddard. You might know him from his work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, and everything else Joss Whedon has done including Gavin in the Woods. Um no real word on this but it's Supposed that it's due to his involvement with Sony Pictures, and just like the Spider-Man stuff he's working on is going to be taking a lot of his time. Mm-hmm. This isn't Marvel being like, "No, we don't, we don't want you here." But it's the fact that no, like I'm building this world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's doing the uh, Sinister Six movies, yeah. and uh,
2: Stephen S. D. Knight is coming in. He's too. coming in. Who's been doing Spartacus for uh, Stars? Yep. And also worked on uh Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, and also some uh Smallville. Yeah, so this is another person that's kind of in that
0: Whedon circle, um, that's really stepped up to the Marvel table, which I think is actually really cool. Like the Whedonverse creators are basically Marvel's house band
2: now.
0: <laughs> like, so when I when I heard Stephen Knight, I was like, okay, this is the guy that I've seen his name in the credits for Buffy. I've seen him talk in the special features about stuff like, okay, like i i know stuff he's worked on i might not be able to say like oh this episode this episode this episode but okay like having him step in as the showrunner that works and i think i read that drew goddard is still going to be like a producer
2: yeah he's still going to have some input because they're working on a lot of material that he has laid down before so he still is going to have some input on it
1: or at least be credited for the input he already gave um
0: what else we got? I have a few well, more things, but I don't want to step over. What I mean else? We me.
1: we should just keep on going with movies. And the big announcement is that we finally that John posted right on the Facebook page. I don't remember the Batman title. That no, was me, Chris. Oh, Chris. Yep. What 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 the hell? Um, what do you mean? What the hell? <laughs> what, what the, the hell, hell is this movie? What's the hell is the movie title? Well, we we've just, been waiting forever. I know. We've been calling it Batman versus Superman. Well, okay, we we're, were so wrong.
0: Yeah, because we were pretty much there because it's batman v superman yeah dawn of justice we got the subtitle
1: dawn of justice okay
0: and we have the logo for it which is basically what everyone mocked up when they heard that there was going to be a batman superman movie Mm -hmm. it's the superman shield in the batman logo much like they have for the batman superman comic book
2: but it's a little more the suit like that Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's Kryptonian Kryptonian Miller. That Frank Miller Batman and you know symbol, and then the Kryptonian S. Yeah, you're right, John. In lead, but it
0: it makes sense. Hey, we had a view of this back when I Am Legend came out too, up Mm -hmm. in Times Square. We're we're (laughs) finally getting it, guys. It's happening.
2: Uh,
1: do we care that like I'm like okay V? They dropped the S. Is there any way that I can count Batman movies? In order to get up to five, no, it's still going to be bad. Is there any way that I could do Superman movies up to five? No. No, So why just V? Well, because it's still going to be Versus. But why not just Versus? VS dot. Are they paying per letter? It looks cooler. Does it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I I think it looks classier. V5? Because it's more symmetric that way. If you cut it right down, the V is symmetrical. It, the it, symmetry there? Like, I don't, I don't understand the look. No, I, I don't know. Don't I'm understand. just saying, no. like,
0: I think it looks nicer and a little bit more classy than having it say versus. Like, you're still gonna probably pronounce it the exact same way, but on a poster, like, or teaser logo like we've had, it looks not as comic booky.
2: And it's also, you're probably gonna have a little bit of Batman versus Superman in this, but it's not, the whole movie isn't just them fighting. You know, it's going to be more than that. So they're me- trying to probably get away from. it. They got to do some think. justice, also. Exactly. They got to put some poor black kid in a cyborg suit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because this is now we definitely know this is the prelude to the Justice League movie. That's what this really signifies, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah, the much. new story here. Is not that it's a bad title? It's just that it's a. It
2: signifies. You I don't guys. think
0: anyone is calling it a bad title. Yeah, <laughs> you? I think you're, okay. you're
2: the only one, Paul. Okay. Um, no, but I I hope it's not going to be the same thing as like with Chris and I have discussed this about Amazing Spider-Man two, where the story got bogged down too much with setting up everything else. Mm-hmm. Like I'd really like it to like be. Iron Man two.
0: Yeah, I I think Spider-Man two is far worse at that than.
2: Iron Man 2 was
1: I haven't seen the movie Spider-Man 2 though. Uh,
2: And I I would agree. Mm -hmm. um, But I just hope it's more this movie with these little things thrown in to set up Mm -hmm. Justice League. Like I really hope they've learned not to, oh, we're going to make a whole movie to set up another movie. Like it Mm -hmm. just, it doesn't play out well for the the fans. Or the studios
0: because people don't care. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. the movies just don't perform.
1: Yeah
0: but a movie I'm hoping does perform is Big Hero 6 from Disney and Marvel. We got our first teaser trailer for it, and Mm -hmm. then like a longer 30-second teaser trailer for it uh, the other day. And this is Disney Feature Animation's 53rd full-length animated film. Uh, This is following up the box office hit and highest grossing animated feature of all time, Frozen. And it's also the very first Marvel animated feature coming out. So... I think there's a lot riding on this one for Disney and Marvel.
1: Okay. For Frozen, being the highest grossing uh, animated movie of all time, they did have two separate releases. And also they was in 3D, a release also, where yes. they had it out, they ran it, it came out, and then they did the sing-along afterwards. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's... But we've also,
0: it surpassed The Lion King, which has been out forever yeah. and has also, also had, had a multiple D releases. Release,
2: yeah. yeah, they just re-released it, too. Mm-hmm. So... Okay.
0: And the, here's the thing. Like, the Frozen sing-along one wasn't like you could see it at every single theater
1: ever. I'm just saying. They they they, they pumped those numbers, so. though.
0: N- but here here's the thing. Even if they didn't have, like, that sing-along version, which is the it same... It would have
1: done really well. That's
0: the same ticket price mm-hmm. as the regular ones.
1: Yeah.
0: People are still going to see it. Like, it's still up at the theater at McKinley Mall.
1: It actually dropped last week.
0: Did it? Okay. Yep. I haven't been by there in, but, yeah. apparently since last week. But <laughs> that's how long this has been up for. And you could have bought it on DVD, DVD two months ago. It was still in theaters. This movie has legs. And I think it's showing that Disney feature animation can still perform because there was a time where it didn't. And I'm really interested in seeing where Big Hero 6 goes because this is a Marvel property. This isn't something that Disney has. This mm-hmm. is Marvel done by Disney. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, Big Hero Six is what again?
0: Big Hero Six is a teenage superhero story comic book. Okay, spun in, spun out of Alpha Flight, um, created
1: by Alpha oh, well, Flight's a Canadian team.
0: Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm blanking out on New created it. Stephen Seagal.
1: Really, Steven yes. Seagal?
0: Seagal, not Seagal. Oh, um, that would be yeah, crazy. It's about a like a young about inventor. And, Sorry. Young inventor that creates a robot, and they go out to fight crime. And we get a little bit of that in the teaser trailer. Have you guys had a chance to check it out?
2: Uh, I did not. I it's one of those things I kept meaning to, but in the last couple days, I haven't had a chance. Well, I'm going
1: to say the teaser the one where he's building something very uh, Johnny Neutron-esque. Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy not yeah. Well, okay. To his friends. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone else calls him Johnny. Well, I'm going to say <laughs> this is this is important to me. So okay, we take a ahead. pause and we watch this now.
1: Okay, okay. Is it, is it Big Guy and Rusty? Is that what we're talking about?
0: I've never seen Big Guy and Rusty. So I enjoyed Big Guy and Rusty. Rusty. The wonders of podcasting magic. We were able to take a pause and then watch the teaser.
1: Yeah. It looks like a movie that I'll probably really enjoy. It's about a kid tinkering in a basement and or laboratory. And it's something that my dad will super really enjoy also because... Cool. Also, one of your favorite movies is Iron Giant. <laughs> yep. and then Robots. You know, my my parents love uh, Wallace and Gromit. They loved Jimmy Neutron back in the day, you know. They call him Johnny Neutron. Johnny Neutron, too, his friends. No, no, his friends call him Jimmy. People that are outside of the know, like me, that aren't (laughs) hip to the scene, call him Johnny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's that uh, tinkering
2: spirit that, uh, for whatever reason, always gets my imagination going. Yeah, I've been interested in this since it was announced what a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, yeah, like we started getting
1: mm-hmm.
0: we got some pictures, but it was like, "Hey, here's this so background D twenty
1: three right? Yeah, that thing announced it. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it looks a lot of fun. Right in the teaser, they give you that from the creators of Frozen and Wreck It Ralph, so you know who they're going after right away.
1: But they didn't, uh, they didn't drop, they dropped Tangled
0: from that list. Yeah, because. Frozen has done yeah, so, so much, much money. It is has eclipsed. It's, and here's the thing Frozen is still a thing. Like, this mm-hmm. is still going yeah. on. Like, this is still an obsession.
1: Mm-hmm. They, like, you're saying that people should let it go? I'm
0: saying, uh, it's summer. Oh. Uh, but then they're going after, like, the Frozen bandwagon, like, hey, you no, know, it's a Disney movie. Like, Think about how much your kids love this. And then Wreck-It Ralph, I think they're kind of more Mm -hmm. going after that. Like the young, teenage boy kind of like, hey, no, it's a cool action movie. Tween boy market.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think those are two smart plays. I don't think Wreck-It Ralph did crazy money, but it definitely had a following.
2: And it's something that like we all speculated, like, why would they make this movie versus some other comic book movie, but this Mm -hmm. movie fits with that genre with that mm-hmm. computer animation and everything like it it totally totally works and it's well the thing with marvel is with their movies is
1: they're not just making everything be right now that no it's a superhero movie so therefore it has to do this x y and z they're they're letting captain america be a super cool spy movie that happens to star superheroes yeah. they're letting uh big hero 6 be a fun family adventure movie that happens to be from a comic book. Look at The Incredibles. Not from a comic book, but Not also... Not from a comic
0: book, but I feel like it has that yeah. same kind of... That's a movie I should own. Same feel. I'm surprised you don't. I'm surprised I don't also. Um, and after this came out, it kind of got me thinking back to our story from last week. Disney's trying to go after Zac Efron. They haven't announced the
1: cast for this movie at all yet. We don't know who's doing the VO at no, all? no. No, no, well, that's true. There was no voice acting nope. whatsoever in this trailer. So you know, I, I think I that would need to get done soon, because he would Marvel's find...
0: Marvel's going after him. That could be. I, I think that would be a good fit. Like he's.
1: Wait, I thought this was coming out in like November. Yeah, and they haven't done any VO yet. Here's the thing: how long do you think VO takes? Well, because you would want to. You have to
2: do the syncing, of the lips on the animation. You yeah, but they do... could have. I mean, they could have done it. Before, and just not released anything or or they might not have done it, you know, who knows how they worked it out? Okay. they could have everything
0: ready to go except for that syning we I don't know how computers work.
1: What if this is the first Disney animated that's a silent, no voice acting whatsoever? It's like the
2: snowman or red balloon no, no. I no, don't no, yeah, that no, would probably won't happen, probably not. They probably wouldn't do a whole feature silent. Mm. No, not when they can get Zac Efron. <laughs> but
0: I just thought that was kind of fun because we seriously talked about that last week, and then this came out like two days later, and I was like, "Oh, maybe." Yeah, that's just all speculation, but mm-hmm.
2: well, that's why we're here to this speculate wildly, right? And hope others will spe- speculate wildly with us. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Entertainment also had a actress come into their studios or their offices. Um, Eden Cher, who is from the middle, um, said she went to the Marvel offices at noon for a fifteen minute meeting, three hours and eighty pounds of issues later. Here I am paralyzed from excitement. And then Marvel put up a picture. Was she? From the middle? She's from the middle. She was also in the new Veronica Mars movie. Um she's just kind of this young kind of uh more of like of a nerdy kind of girl. Um But she uh, looks like she's in the talks for some kind of role. Mm, They gave her issues. Yeah, 80 pounds of them. She's 22. Yeah.
0: I've never watched The Middle, so... No, I
1: I didn't know. I had to look her up. She was also on Weeds. And she was in Pair of Kings, the Disney show... So there you go. So over there, that, the means, that, that means, means that means they worked together before. To and is wait a second, is the middle a ABC sitcom? Yes, it is. So they only go. hired. Oh my goodness, Disney only hires themselves. What the hell, Disney? I feel like it's really a case of hey, you scratch our back, we scratch your back.
2: No, yeah. or just hey, we got this no no young s- talent. Disney is more th-
1: incestuous than Game of Thrones. I'm saying it. All right.
2: Okay. You said I just it. Said it. He, I said it. I can't take it back. You can't take it back.
1: Let their <laughs> lawyers contact my non-lawyers, and sorry,
2: I now am bankrupt. Now you have not, Now you have no more non-lawyers. <laughs> um, we did also get a insane statement from uh, David Goyer. Oh yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I forgot about that one. Wait, insane insane paul uh his statement was i have a theory about she hulk uh which was created by a man right and at the time in particular i think 90 percent of comic book readers were men and certainly almost all comic book readers were men and so they created she hulk right who was still smart so it was like i think she hulk is the chick that you could fuck if you were the hulk Uh, you know what I'm saying? She-Hulk was an extension of male power fantasy, so it's like I'm going to be the geek who becomes the Hulk, then then let's create a giant green porn star so the Hulk could fuck it. But they're cousins. Right? That was my thought, too. So, proving yet again, Disney is more incestuous than... (laughs) But, I mean, (laughs) just really kind of out there... Kind um, of. No. Well,
0: this that completely jogged this memory that I read this and I forgot about it. Um, Contin- you can continue this. Uh, I'm, I'm
2: well, what I like is they contacted Stan Lee about it. <laughs> He's like, never for an instant did I want her as a love interest for the Hulk. Only a nut would even think mm-hmm. that. And as for her looking beautiful and curvy, show me a superheroine that who isn't. Mm-hmm. But really, it's—I—I I don't know where that would even I come think from. It's like a drunk tweet, like right. Like, All right, stay with me on this one, guy. Oh, he said it had a panel. Oh, really? Yeah. You can be drunk at panels. Mm-hmm. But it—but really it, but it seemed panels, like so. it was really out of the blue. Nobody even like asked him about it. He just wanted to say this. Hey. People say weird stuff at panels. And I mean he's it he's happens. he's working <laughs> if where he asks, <laughs> I know about that. Uh <laughs> but I mean like he is working mainly with DC. He has done mm-hmm. some work with, with Marvel characters. Um But I don't know, like just really, really out there. Alright.
0: Um there was this tweet from Max Landis who wrote the uh, World War Z. The zombie survival guide. Mel Brooks's son. Okay. Yeah. Um That put up on Twitter, uh crazy about Marvel getting Spider-Man back. That's going to be bonkers. And then there's a chance I wasn't supposed to tweet that.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> that seems like he's just baiting. It could yeah, be, but... Because it's Max Landis, creator of zombie survival guide. Isn't it Max Brooks? Max Brooks. Yeah, uh, it's Max. Max oh, you're right.
2: Okay is yeah I'll be so yeah good catch John who is yes. max landis well, it might be John landis's son also director of comedy screenwriter age twenty eight uh
1: film chronicle and variety of shorts, son of John landis and costume designer uh deborah newman landis ba, 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 he's <laughs> written seventy five screenplays
2: it could be fun. A I would fan, love for Marvel to get Spider Man. Right? How, but uh, they have all these sequels planned. Yeah, Drew Goddard get, leaves. Get rid, of, get rid of those. Give it back to Marvel. Just have them. <laughs> Drew Goddard so leaves doing these, uh, Daredevil to work on the spin off movie. There's nothing
1: more confusing right now in the nerd culture world than who who's divvied up what rights for which characters, yeah. Yeah. it seems.
2: That so way we, we have that with. Yeah. Submariner, we were talking about that yeah, last week. Who who owns that? <laughs> I feel like it's just going to
0: continue to be confusing, and even when those movies, people are going to be like, I don't know, can we do
1: this? Can we know. do that? Yeah. And it's...
2: also, I mean, the the opening of all the Marvel movies has that Marvel logo with the flipping mm-hmm. of the book through the the Marvel. So I, I everybody do... thinks they all own Marvel. Does them all? It's yeah. going to be really confusing
1: to me when I go to sit down to watch episode seven. Star Wars, and it's not going to have dum 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 dum. The uh, you know, bum, bum, bung, ba, oh the fox, the fox, you know, like because that music to me and that drum, you know that drum thing, like that's how Star Wars starts. Yeah, like every movie that comes on with that opening, I'm like, is this going to be? St- it has to be Star Wars. What other movie starts for, like this? For I'm me, not, it's like, the
0: Lucasfilm. I'm yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. It up and like, and it sparkles. that happens after that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just haven't ever equated the. Uh, I always yeah. Century Fox I,
2: I, thing. that 20th Century Fox I, just totally not out of my mind. I know it's a Star Wars when Lucas and then mm-hmm. that scroll. I am excited though. Like, D um, J Abrams has put out there that he wants everything to do like practical. They're not going to effects. Awesome. They're not going to be doing. Did you a, see the
0: video that he put up?
2: Yeah, where he's no. asking like people to what? Video. All right. Well, we'll take pause. A no, I'll tell discuss- me the video. No, pause, no.
1: Paul. Pause. Guess what? Dave- Guess what? Our listeners yeah. can't pause. Well, they could, pausing go <laughs> on the internet. Well, but they're the probably driving, right? the airport, typing up
0: reports. They the want to know
1: what I'm we're saying, talking pa- about.
0: Take a pause. We'll watch the video and then we'll talk about it.
1: Yeah, yeah but
2: all, all of us explain explain. will have the information. Okay.
1: okay. So hopefully, you pause the show, listeners, and found the video or know what it is. And I'm sorry if you're stuck at work, stuck driving, and can't watch the video. But what is the video, Chris? What
0: we have is it's J.J. Abrams on set for Star Wars Episode Seven. And we get a little alien visitor that walks past him showing those practical effects in action. And he's actually on a set. It's not Mm -hmm. all green screen. And it's uh, trying to draw attention towards omaze.com slash Star Wars, which is a new initiative called Force for Change, which is going to be raising money for UNICEF Mm -hmm. Innovation Labs. Um, That's going to give you as a fan an opportunity to in Star Wars Episode 7. They're going to fly you out there, put you in hair and makeup, and see all the backstage stuff. Cool. You'll be in the movie, which is awesome. And it's exciting to see someone like J.J. Abrams, who is that current crop of filmmaker, who really appreciates and uses the most high-tech of special effects. Kind of going back to that more classic Star Wars style where it's it's probably a little person in a suit,
1: it's like pulling wires. And move around <laughs> all the little, like weird ostrich aliens in there the, the, in the cage. Yeah. yeah, But it works, and we saw that with Iron Man one, the first Iron Man. Uh, Jay Favreau said, or John Favreau? Why, why do Jay, I J Jay to his friends? Jay to his friends, just the J period. Jimmy Favreau. <laughs> Jimmy Favreau down the street. He told me all about this. He's in the pictures these days. Uh, he said he. I hear he knows Vince Vaughn. <laughs> you mean Vance Vaughn? <laughs> he knows the Vance
2: Vaughn. Every name is wrong for
1: Paul. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to do lean mostly on practical effects and only do the you know computer generated stuff when necessary. So, and it worked. I thought it worked really well. So he wanted to yeah. make the suit real, make it look like it would work, and actually have a suit. So it makes sense. And practical effects shouldn't be
2: given way just because... Just because, oh, we have this budget, yeah. or hey, let's just do it. We can do a computer it computer instead, because... Man. My dad's biggest yeah. complaint of the new... that new trilogy of 1, 2, and 3 mm-hmm. was it was like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel... There was no weight to anything. Yeah, there was no... Was it, it didn't yeah. feel real, like okay, Jar Jar Banks is walking there, but then there's that whole thing where it's all computerized with mm-hmm. all the... Whatever creatures Jar Jar Binks was Volumes. fighting, fighting the robots, like he's like it was like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It was a cartoon. It was like exactly that. No, mm-hmm. so no, I'm I'm glad about that, and also some other news with the attached to the Star Wars so much news is uh, director uh, Gareth Edwards, who directed Godzilla, that came out last week is going to be helming the first of the Star Wars spin off movies. Mm. Okay. Not said which one it's going to be. But we know there was a Yoda one in development, right? They said uh, Yoda one was in talks, Boba, Boba, Fett. Fett, Boba Fett, Han Solo, and one that might be just about like X-Wing pilots. Oh, that could be cool. Rogue Squadron. Yeah, I was going to say, give us a Rogue Squadron movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wedge Antilles
1: not coming back. Yeah, not in it. Not coming back. Said he would be bored. Neither, uh, Lando. Really? Was he offered? I don't know, but he's not. Wedge like, was actually, the actor that played Wedge was actually offered. And Billy D. Williams, I haven't heard one way or another. Yeah, I don't know,
0: but I mean, I figure if he was returning, that would be something that they were talking about because, hey, you have everyone else coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. I say everyone else, quote unquote. I mean, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, uh, Oh, Kyle Baker, name, Kyle Peter, Baker, Anthony Daniels, Peter, Peter Manning, Manning. Like, all right, like, mm-hmm. and especially because Billy D. Williams seems to be that guy that has never shied away from the fact <laughs> it, that he right? was Lando. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like even if someone like was just like, oh, they're making new Star Wars movies, he would like Billy D. wants in.
2: He also got a raw deal. He was supposed to be Toothface. True. All of a sudden, Tommy Lee Jones, he got paid, but he didn't get paid for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Someone that will be getting paid in a different way now, Bob Wayne from DC Comics has retired as from Vice uh, Vice President of Sales. Oh, okay. Um, If you've been to any DC panel within the past 10 years, you've seen him on Mm -hmm. panel. And he's the guy that if you ask, like, hey, do we have this trade coming out? Yeah. He's like, oh, you know what? If there's there's a market for it, we'll put that out there. Mm -hmm. He is the person that made sure comics came out on the same day in America, in Canada, in the U.K. That was him saying, like, no, like, everyone should get the comics on the same day. Like, that Mm -hmm. way it's not spoiled. He's also the man that was like, no, send the comics out before Wednesday so they're there in the stores. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that's been at DC Comics for 28 years, and before that he owned his own comic book store. And then he was hired into DC Sales, where he rose up to become vice president where he's been ever since. And he's someone that a lot of the direct market retailers have appreciated because he understands their concerns and he respects them.
2: The concerns of what it's like to actually be working there. Like a lot of people have that thing of management comes up with these great ideas, and then when your worker has to do it, it's not practical. It doesn't work out. But you have to try to work it in because that's what this management wants you to do. So, yeah, that's it's great that somebody is that, kind of from the working class, knows what it's like to be like, no, we should be doing it this way. It should be this way. It always should have been this way. Well, I think this is
1: going to be an interesting shakeup because he was that old regime kind of like really concerned with direct market. Maybe somebody comes in that is like, no, Come on, we can get away from that. We should be doing um Yeah. Like digital sales. You know, who knows what they'll want to do. Whoever comes in next could just want to do something completely different.
0: And here's the thing. All those V for Vendetta masks Mm -hmm. that you've seen out because the comic book, like they were packaged in there and they were Mm -hmm. given out at the conventions first before the movie came out. That was Bob Wayne. Anonymous. You owe this man something. (laughs) Does Donate
1: anonymously to his PayPal. Right now the, he doesn't like, have
0: a the PayPal. The um, Court of the Owls masks that were given mm-hmm. out at the conventions, that was him. Like the Joker mask that comes if you get the like Death of the Family like hardcover, <laughs> that was him. Like this is a man that was like, no, we and need loves to, his masks. We need to put something out there and but it it builds hype. Like mm-hmm. all those the Green Lantern are, rings like, everywhere now. Like Yeah. 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 So it's sad to see him go, especially because who knows what's
2: What's in store for us now, where we'll go now.
1: Yeah, I am sad to see him go, because he gave me my Starman album to buy. So there you go. Thank there you, you for you that. Go. Well, he didn't give them to me, but he made them available for me to purchase. I should put it that way.
2: You did. Right then. That's all I have for news. Literally well, every... something else that you can go out and purchase would be uh, Double Crooked Tree from Dark Horse Brewing. This is, this is so much better. This it is, is so much better. better. It is also been sitting in the bottle for, uh, the year and, uh, half. Uh, and it has aged very well. Nice multi character to it. Really pops, uh, very nice. Mm-hmm. And it, it still has that iced tea kind of quality to it. But all,
1: I mean, and it's, yeah, all the hops have gone. Yeah, most of the hops have gone, but yeah, it's just more malty. Yeah, You know, you get a lot more just flavor and pop to it, as you said, John, and I'm enjoying it a lot more.
2: Yeah, this uh, is something
1: that I would definitely order if I saw it out. Even if it
0: wasn't aged for a year, if it was just a beer, like, I would take this over the regular oh, cricket tree. Yeah. Because the regular cricket tree, it's a passable IPA, but this is something that's much, much worth your time. Yes. Much more worth your time. I forgot to put mm-hmm. the word more in there, so I'm typing.
1: It's okay. You can type away, Chris, as we John and I discuss uh, the books that we're looking forward to coming out May 28th.
2: I want to discuss those, well, too. Well, you can, too, after you're done typing. Once you're done typing, sorry, once you sure. finish your vegetables, then you can have dessert. So, media. John, what, what book are you uh, looking forward? I'm looking forward to a book from Marvel. This is uh, number four of The Winter Soldier, The Bitter March. Uh, I have really enjoyed these 1950s spy caper things with uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Pretty much going up against the Winter Soldier and um, and Hydra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, I can't wait for number four. I hope they do more books like this. Are you enjoying it because you're a Hydra spy? Yes, you're a spy. Yes. Okay. Look at me. First rule of Hydra school is don't tell everyone you're a spy. Come on. <laughs> That's interesting. Look at me, Paul. I do enjoy. Look at me. Are you a spy?
1: No, I'm not a spy.
2: Can't tell anymore. Can't tell. You're not no, a
1: spy, Paula, but you are a comic book fan. I am a big comic book fan. So and why don't you tell what us what I, book you're looking I'm forward also to. A fan Let of, me
0: finish! Why don't you tell us what book you're looking forward to?
1: I'm also a fan of anthologies in comic book form. And uh, I'm, we're getting another, Secret Origins, number two. And like I said when we reviewed it last month in our look back, uh, I'd probably pick up more of these depending on which characters were being originized. Uh, and this month we're getting Batman, which is ho-hum, and I'm not really that concerned about you, it. But who's writing it? Yeah, I, I don't know.
0: Okay, I was gonna say, if it's Scott Snyder, like, okay, that, that'll still be a good yeah, retelling but of the even, story you've
2: yeah, already been told. Yeah, but it could that be-, be Superman ori- That Superman origin was, was a really good was one. Was really good, and it was really different. So because, this could be a totally yeah, different I'm story. I'm hoping so,
1: because that Superman origin one wasn't really about his origin, it was about his two moms. It was really a story of two mothers. And their hopes and dreams for their for their son, um. Uh, so I'm not really interested in that. And he's a headliner. I'm more interested into the origin of the bonus kind of character of Star Staff Starfire because I'm like, okay, her origin's probably
2: all wacky and new now. Let's see what <laughs> what where uh, she is. You kind of hit. That. They touched on it in Red Hood and the Outlaws, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's still like everything has been a a nice tweak or. Mm -hmm. Something that you haven't already gotten, and a different view and take on it. So it is something that is interesting to read. That will be gripping. That will. It is something that will get me to read too. You
1: know. And Aquaman is also thrown in there, so that'll be interesting because I didn't read two books that I haven't read are Red Hood and the Outlaws and also Aquaman. So to see who these characters are in the New Fifty Two will be interesting.
0: I've enjoyed most of those. Uh, like the Aquaman ones that you passed off. And Red Hood I enjoyed for a while, too, before. I was just like, it's not the same now. Yeah. Um. But this will be written by Scott Lodell, who's probably going to be doing Starfire. Ray Fox, who I'm guessing is going to be doing the, um, the Batman one, because he's okay. one of the writers over on Batman Eternal. And Jeff Parker, who's currently doing Aquaman.
1: Okay, makes sense.
0: Or Aquaman and the Outsiders. It's one of those. How weird is it that Aquaman has two books right now, too? By the I know! Way? We haven't discussed that. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, and Also, we didn't talk about this because it's not one of our picks, but there's another Wonder Woman book coming out, too. Wonder Woman in like, Sensation Comics. It's an anthology thing huh? from Gail Simone.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm interested. That, that's coming out next week as well because I saw that and I was like. When's All Star Wonder Woman coming out? Or uh, the Earth 2 Wonder Woman? That's it. We'll we'll see eventually. Yeah. Well, Mul- I think there's Mul- that book's got a lot of work
0: on
2: it. Multiversity was finally just solicited for August, so yeah. we'll see. But I mean we I mean we talked to um Yannick Paquet about that and everything that he, all the detail he was going into just for the small things. So mm-hmm. I imagine this book's gonna be pretty epic. Just art wise. So. You need to really
1: make sure you lock down that purple ray. Whenever you do it. But Chris, yes. what are you locking down as in your buy pile? Yes, oh. because you had so many that you were like, that was one of my picks.
0: That, that was little... one of my picks. I kind of willed it down. I have one from Marvel, one from DC. and Give us both. Well, I feel my DC one, which was Nightwing number 30, has basically been spoiled because we've already heard a lot of stuff about what's happening to Dick Grayson mm. post-Forever Evil. And this book was pushed back so much that I'm looking forward to reading it. Finally, just because it's been like two months since I've read a Nightwing comic, and I know I'm going to be getting Grayson number one like next month, so I, it's there's really no like oh I I'm without this now because I mm-hmm. I've had a longer break between Nightwing twenty nine and Nightwing thirty than I'm going to have from Nightwing thirty to Grayson. Besides the point, because my final decision was to go for um, Disney Kingdom Seekers of the Weird number five. This is going to be wrapping up our first Disney Kingdoms miniseries, but also wrapping up the Seekers of the Weird Tale, which has consistently been fun. And I wish we had a little bit more time in this world, because it turns out our double cross was a triple cross like, with the uncle. And it's, yeah. it's been so much fun. Like, Despania has the coffin clock now. The wardens are out there. The kids are, like, the family's there. Uncle Roland has his guns back. It's... It's such a fun, crazy action-adventure book.
2: Um, it's definitely something that I wanted more than just those that small issues, because right. even then they're world-building for the first couple issues, and then it's like, oh, we gotta wrap this yeah. up, and it it seemed them. like it just went too quickly.
1: I don't know how deep that, because it seemed like, no, like Uncle Roland, it seemed like world where Uncle Roland was making it up as he went along, and it seemed kind of like, no, that's how the not only the story's going, but that's how the world just kind of is. Mm. That if you spend too much time, you realize that mm. it is only that like surface-deep kind of like thing where... Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's, I, I'd be okay with that world. Like, yeah,
2: I was totally you... into every, everything about if it. When they're getting more change, than that, when they're it getting...
1: all falls apart, though.
2: You, you... I don't think so. I think anybody who's got a, a great mind that can come up with that stuff can give you more than just a five-issue you know i uh i i can't think of the, his name but the guy that uh did the zombie book mm-hmm. uh with the the with the x um his arc from the 90s was great like it was r- just really super enjoyable and he just was coming up with the craziest things that i was just like that is so smart like oh, yeah, that totally works in this fantasy, crazy, macabre, out-there universe that he'd created.
0: Wait, are you... T- oh, you're talking about... John,
2: John Rosman.
1: Sp- John yeah, Rosman. I'm sorry, I didn't...
0: When you said the zombie with the X, the I was next? like...
1: Yeah. Zombie, Z, I or yeah. I
0: forgot you guys like that yep. book, yeah, yeah. with preserving.
2: Uh,
1: well,
0: Irving.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I went back to his stuff from the like the late 80s, early 90s with the zombie stuff. and like started a milestone imprint. Yeah, I started reading that, and I, I love it. Yeah.
0: You can still have a crazy out there book and have it continue on monthly. Like It's trying to one-up each and every month, Like just what you can do. Yeah. And that's kind of the fun of it. And I would have liked to have spent a little bit more time with that instead of just throwing it all into five
2: issues. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, and I'm looking forward to whatever else they have coming out.
2: Yeah. I hope they do another another series, like another five issues. I, I hope so, too, down the road. We'll, we'll see after we get the uh,
0: Figment one from Jim up.
1: Figment, I'm not interested in that. but guys, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, are you interested in knowing the newest breakdown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. from Box Office Mojo and our board Boardcast summer movie bracket buster, The Return, which is even... Bracket harder. What 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 did he call it again, Chris? Uh,
0: summer movie blockbuster bracket buster episode for a new bracket.
1: A new bracket.
0: That's the abridged version of it.
1: <laughs> this this oh, yeah. week, X Men: Days of Future Past tries to mutate its sales into even higher numbers than past fran- uh, past performances in the franchise. But as we know, we even though with the Memorial week long weekend. We only take the first three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, in order to, you know, give it an equal share. And they rake in $90.7 million this opening weekend. 90.7? Yeah, so it's the lowest
2: weekend opening we have so far. But that's... And that was X-Men? I'm sorry, I was washing glasses.
0: That's still more than I figured it probably would have done, though. I mean, just based off of how, like, Wolverine, X3, and First Class... Kind of tainted, yeah. The
1: the, the taste buds, but um, people love first class man. It did better. It did better than X three.
0: We haven't seen Days of Future Past yet. It's on my list of things to see at some point soon. Uh, But I friends of mine have seen it and they've been like, "I really enjoyed it." Um, The big thing about this one is it's (laughs) fixing everything that went wrong in X three. It doesn't really. Oh, did you see it? I did. I saw it. Okay, well, but that was like even what producer uh, Laura Shuler, Shuler Donner came out and "Like, oh yeah, this is our way of getting the franchise back on track. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Well... It doesn't, it doesn't. I guess but it, the, the fact that
0: they felt the need to like get it back on track with is,
1: The thing is, it uh, makes me very nervous because 90.7 million doesn't seem like it's going to be enough to hold off
2: Guardians of the Galaxy when that comes out later in August. It's... But knows, everything's bro? been opening in... I mean, you're off by only a few million dollars for all yeah. of these. Mm-hmm.
1: It Guard- still puts Winter, uh, Winter Soldier... Well, Captain America Winter Soldier as the best movie, this uh, highest grossing movie opening weekend this summer. And that was an April release, which we didn't even include. Yeah. So. I don't
0: know. It's going to be interesting to see how Guardian says. I'm really just foaming at the mouth to see how that one like performs. Because... I, I wanted to do really well, and seeing the new trailer for it, we talked about it already. That came out last week. They've they've upped the ante with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I, they've really made it more of that like space faring like crazy action adventure.
1: Yeah, I'm chomping at the bit for it because I just can't wait. Okay, can you wait because next weekend, March or March, May 30th, Maleficent is coming out. Oh, and my
0: mom wants to see that one. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, My girlfriend Lexi was just here and she was like, I wish that movie came out this weekend so we could have gone to see it together. She's like, I'm sorry, but I'm probably going to go see it on my own. I was like, no, that's okay. Like my mom wants to see it. We'll probably go check it out and then we can still talk about
1: it. I see. I see. You're filling up the, uh, filling up the votes on your own bracket. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you
0: You guys don't do that. You don't take people to see the movies that you voted for. No.
1: No,
2: I, I take huge go. parties of people. Like how did, I'm buses full. I don't
0: remember, but how did Godzilla
1: do? Godzilla did million opening weekend.
0: Not much more than X Men. Not that they're like in competition, but that's
1: in, still amazing. Yeah. Spider Man ninety one point six. So we're just doing the opening weekend numbers. I know there's full week numbers for both those movies out now, but well, that, doesn't, that, that, strength, that doesn't. Though. Doesn't matter until they pass that first round. Yeah. So Amazing Spider Man yep. two versus the Expendables, Dawn uh Godzilla versus Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, X Men, Days of Future Past versus Guardians of the Galaxy, and next week we gotta wait just one week because it's Maleficent versus Twenty Second Jump Street. Is this so, gonna be
0: our first actual like head to head one then? Uh,
1: well, it. they don't they're not really head to head. Uh twenty two jump street comes out june thirteenth, so we gotta wait two weeks. Okay. But uh yeah, it's just taken forever. It's interesting. Just taken forever, much like the first half of this show. <laughs> yes, guys. Uh, what do we do? We just cracked open. We cra- another beer? We cracked beer?
0: open another beer. We do a dramatic reading and then we get into the main
1: topic. No, no, we we stopped the dramatic reading in order. Oh, for so the summer, okay. so we do the begging boardcast bracket update. Okay, that's which fine. we just did. And so now we'll talk about a beer. Which, yes, John.
0: What do we have here?
1: I forgot what it was called. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> remember when I said it was Memorial Day weekend and we would do a bunch of good beers? This one's okay. <laughs> this one, this one's actually pretty good for what we had before with the
2: Humdinger, mm-hmm. the, like the, the most Smoky pile. one. I can't. Yeah, remember it, was what it was called, called. like burnt Pile. Burn Pile. Yeah. Uh, this. Is, so this is another another one from the Humdinger from Magic Hat uh, Brewing, um, and this is their uh, Grapple. Uh, this is a wheat wine, one of their limited edition, um, specialty ales. Um, it's held up pretty good. Well, very nice. This is definitely something that's from the winner that I found at a grocery store in their back cooler area. And I was like, oh, hey, seven ninety nine. Sure. I'll take it. Um, and it's got, I mean, it's oh, just 10.8%. Yeah. Really sweet. Yeah. It, and like it's, that. it's, it's smooth too. Um, for being 10%, I feel it though. Really?
1: Yeah, I feel the warmth. I just—it's not a burn, but it's just that warmth. It's just—it's there. I'm not surprised that it's 10.8. i I'm really not. I,
0: I'm kind of surprised by that. But like, it I has don't that, know. that. I think it's that right sweetness covers up the alcohol on it because
1: it's a warmth normally, that starts hitting me in the throat
2: right above the Adam's apple, and it's. No, I don't get down. that at all. Like, but I mean, everybody—everybody's different. Enough. I can see it because it's like the. Like, that honey sweetness, mm-hmm. I
0: think that you kind of would get from an imperial IPA. Mm-hmm. Which it, I mean, you're looking at but like none nine of the hop, right? Though,
1: there. Yeah. yeah, it's that, all that honey sweetness with none of the hop bite, nothing else other than the sweetness, and then a little bit of that alcohol warming. It's like a winter warmer. Yeah, I yeah. I really enjoy this. Um, the burn pile, no,
0: but this this would make me say like, oh, you know what? I would try the next Humdinger. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, burn pile was like. No. Oh, this yeah. is what they're this is what they're saying is like limited edition. Like,
1: check this out. Like
2: this, though. Yeah,
1: this this does restore a little bit of my faith in the Humdinger series right. for Magic Capital. We should but, see if uh, we can
2: find their spring or their summer one. But I because Burnpile was obviously that that fall. the fall
1: chocolate sour. What? The
2: oh. Chocolate. oh, the chocolate cherry sour. Yeah, that that, was that really wasn't good. a Humdinger series, but that was yeah. their one of their limited edition winter specials oh, okay. that you could only get at the brewery. <laughs> that was good. But yeah.
1: See, right, so the yourself I'm surprised you found one, because that was supposed uh, to be yeah. a very limited, like, at the brewery and, like, in the surrounding area only kind of thing. Like, very yeah. limited release, so... I guess. Uh, I guess that leads us into the main topic, right?
0: Yeah, that'll take us into our main topic, which, as we said at the start of the show, is our trading policy. This is a book that I brought to the table. This is 2003's Aerosmith, written by Kurt Busiek and art by Carlos Pacheco. This is an alternate reality story where magic exists and it's used to fight world war one. It follows a young American, um, Fletcher Aerosmith through his wanting to join up to help fight the Prussian forces Mm -hmm. with his friend, John Kerry, Mm -hmm. which when I was like, my God, John Kerry is a Senator. (laughs) That's when I read this book. Like this, this is when that happened. Um, and then his enrollment. You know what doesn't training. happen in
2: this book?
1: Well, I was. He doesn't save anybody in a boat either, John Kerry. And he's also doesn't
0: look like Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: oh, what? political talk. We shouldn't like, do that.
0: No, John Kerry looks like a Frankenstein monster. Okay, that's everyone fun. knows that.
1: He's, it's true. It's he's
2: his, our Secretary of State, and yeah. it will be written on his grave. <laughs> John Kerry lies. John Kerry, Frankenstein's monster slash Secretary of State. <laughs>
1: He's just missing the um, bolts and a personality. But it's...
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's, I, I couldn't say anything because I was like, yeah,
1: that's
0: true. I just see him doing the robot constantly. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. What did I say about this book? Yeah, it's... Carlos Pacheco. Al- al- alternate um, history, music. Magic Exists, World War One.
1: Who are best known for doing probably Astro-, music,
0: Astro City. City. Um, Carlos Pacheco... Um, I, I'm trying to think. He's done a lot of stuff over at DC. He's done some Marvel, but um, the last thing I really read him on was when he was doing Green Lantern with, uh, Jeff Johns. He also did the JSA, JLA
1: crossover, uh, Vice and Virginia yeah, Vice. Vice. Yeah. Which was also Kirk Busick and no, no. Was that his art would look good in a JSA? No, that was, I think that's Jeff
0: Johns or it might've been Kirk Busick. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read it in years. Go ahead and keep talking it. But yeah, um, um, this was part of the cliffhanger line of comics. It says Wildstorm on here, but this came out right at the same time as oh, Crimson. Uh, David Goyer, Jeff Johns, Carlos Pacheco. Okay, what? Uh, JLA, JSA, vice and virtue. Paul Paul found the trade. Uh, but yeah, so this was my entry to the table. I really like just that alternate history. Um, I like the fantasy of hey, here's magic is a real thing. How do like the world's powers actually use this to start fighting a war um,
2: and it so... really it it really fits into that kind of loss of innocence with war mm-hmm. and kind of that World War two fighter pilot kind of top gun kind of mentality to it. It really works, and if you look at it and somebody kind of explains it to you, you're going to be like, "Oh geez, that but it really has some heart, and you really go mm-hmm. through. No, con- you continue. I just wanted to jump in after you. Uh, you really go through and feel what this young guy is going through, this whole build up, You know, he's got stars in his eyes about about yeah. joining the war, about being part of this uh, elite flying crew, and then just that. It's the romanticization, n- realization, and reality of war. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, the
1: three he- hours of war. Hmm. And I, I to just this, created that. that, by that, way. that that's that, <laughs> that, what's me.
0: That's good. I okay. want to get this trademark out of the beginning. that shit. Bang the board. I want to get this out of the beginning, but I forgot. Um, this is not available on Comicsology. If you want to read it, you would have to find it at your local comic shop, or Amazon has it for nine
2: ninety nine. Oh, not well, that's not a bad price at, price at all.
1: It's totally worth the nine ninety nine. Okay, good. Good. Uh, I felt like okay, the alternate history doesn't really play a big part in here because it's just World War I, One. Instead of fighter pilots, we got people wearing magical shoes and dragons, and they're fighter pilots though. Yeah. And instead of so this, they're fighter pilots, magic- but they're
0: still fighting with like, like just like Mauser pistols yeah. and swords and like crossbow,
1: yeah. crossbows that shoot fire though, and and stuff like that. And it's okay. It's a Dresden firebombing, but instead of it being a firebomb, it's salamanders, the uh, which are fire elemental creatures that just,
2: that are dropped onto yeah. the city. That's the realization of war, right there. It's basically magic bioweapons yeah. at that
1: point. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they do the mist that turns people into crazed lunatics instead of mustard gas. Yeah. It's, it's everything has a very close uh, analogy. And just turned a little bit
2: on its to it on again, its ear, you know, to make it mystic instead of scientific. This and is when when I finished reading it because I finished reading it and I looked over at Chris and he said. I don't know. I think Paul might hate this. And I was just, and it was just like, because it's, but then again, like he might love it. Like it's either going to be that love hate with Paul. The thing is they could have told the
1: exact same story just completely like as if, you know, happened in the real world, uh, you know, semi-autobiographical. Yeah, yeah. And, it, but the thing is comic book reader probably wouldn't have bought it. You throw yeah. a dragon on the cover <laughs> uh you're more likely to sell, but it's the same it has the same heart yeah there's, there's... it's it's like no, this is a world War one story, plus dragons, and it's like okay, I can kind of like get you know and rock creatures and stuff like that, so it kind of has that one step away, so it doesn't have that biting like sensation of like preachiness, yeah because it's one step away from reality there's
0: in, when you talk about the heart of the book, there's this one part that gets to me where it's, they just lost someone mm-hmm. in a skirmish and they're at like the pilot's bar where Fletcher goes over then to like the ace pilots and is like, Hey, we, we lost one of our own today. Join us in a drink for him. And this is like their first mission out. Like mm-hmm. this guy, this guy bought it and and he saved everyone. Yeah, and he he was responsible for getting that ship He's the Porkins the of <laughs> Yes, this. He's the, he is the the Jack Porkins. And there's such great heart to this book and the characters are fantastic. They're so easily relatable because you have Fletcher Aerosmith, who's just literally that small town boy that they see the um the Aero Corps like flying overhead mm-hmm. and he's like, "Boy, someday I want that to be me. And you have, like, the Aero Corps doing their, basically, like, the air show over mm-hmm. the town. It's being like, you buy your war bonds. The Prussians use fetuses for their necromancy. We we don't want that. It's so propaganda-based. And then you he have... Buys in. He buys He buys into it. And it's that first R that you talked about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The yeah. romanticism of it. Yeah,
1: the
2: romanticism. The
1: romanticism.
0: And it's, it's him and his friend in it to win it and then
2: things go south so fast and what I, I what I really liked what actually I I enjoyed it but really caught me is a lot of it is told by him sending letters home to his different family members even his buddy Jonathan's family mm-hmm. and then there's that moment where he's writing this and he's really letting out all of his feelings about this. And then and he's, he's like, like they're, they're never going to deliver this. I can't, I can't write I, this. I'm and he gonna, starts, he, even he starts yeah. editing it out and crossing it out. And he has that a lot in his mm-hmm. things where he's written so much. And then you just see him like drawing lines through it. And that, that's where it really, like, it really grabbed me. Like, wow, yeah. this has got a lot of soul. And, uh and yeah, it's, if if you were to read this without the dragons and stuff, it might be something you would look past just because, oh, it's just a war story, it's this, this or that. Mm-hmm. But because it's like, oh no, it's a war story, but yeah. it's told with this fantasy kind of element, it's it's something more, and it still grips you and it still it still makes you just kinda go, Wow, yeah. And like the magic in the dragons and
0: the vampires and everything, that's the hook for it.
1: Yeah. But but we I, I think, never see vampires. You never see the werewolves. You, you just you hear see the, the werewolves. werewolves.
0: You I see, think you kind of see the vampires and like one of them just like they're okay. talking about it, like and it cuts like the front lines. Okay. Um. But like you hear like the like the vampire like hunting like mm-hmm. call like towards the end when he's trying to lead like the troop through to like mm-hmm. safety safe back um, to
1: yeah, back behind lines you know. because
0: he's basically the commanding officer because everyone else has been lost. And yeah. as a member of the Aero Corps, even though he's on the lower rungs, because he's on the ground, he's mm-hmm. he takes command.
1: Much like if you're a Navy officer, equal rank to a Marine, a Navy officer can order a Marine. Yes, yes which is weird. Yeah, to me because I thought Marines. Said. I don't know. I was never military, and I'm sorry. This sorry Veterans Memorial day, day, this Memorial Day, <laughs> I should really know this stuff. Hey, it's a very Memorial Is Day it, kind it, of it, uh, story. It, it, worked it really out. worked out well. Mm-hmm. Uh I really enjoyed it because of the war story itself. The magic, I'm like, okay, it was just such a one-to-one analog. Most mm-hmm. of the time, I'm like... Okay, I understand. I see the analog. It's, yeah. like, too closely related, and I didn't get past it. Like, I did enjoy that they called it uh, Gallia, you know, because that's, in like, more of the Roman Gaul, mm. uh, you know, for France, and uh, Lotharim for, for uh, Dutch, yeah. you know, the Dutch area, and then uh, <laughs> the Prussians for, you know, the Germans and stuff like that. But, honestly, it took me until the back of the book to realize, like, no, no, there's more to it than just that. Like, when you actually saw the map of yeah. Europe and it, the United States of Columbia.
0: That's all stuff that was put, like, into the planning. But it's like, well, no, we know this exists when we're but telling the story. Really but it doesn't really affect. It doesn't affect it. But, like you said, when you get to the end of the book, you're like, oh, they they thought this out. Mm-hmm. There's the okay. no planning here.
1: I wonder if uh, we'll see a uh, XYZ uh, uh, treaty actually come to pass with mexico because the because in world war one uh the the uh german uh what was it the czar czar no they weren't a czar but anyways the leader of germany actually was trying to bribe mexico to invade the united states in order to have them focus more on uh the war at home than coming overseas <coughs> And it was the XYZ scandal, I believe, from uh,
2: 10th grade social studies class. Don't tell me what I learned in 10th grade. I learned to secretly look at the girl's boobs next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's one of the werewolves. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he almost takes out his sweetie pie. Yeah. Right here. Boom. Um,
0: there's There's a good amount of thought put into this, mm-hmm. and... I did research to see, like, oh, is there more coming out, like, leading up to this episode? And after you asked me, because I was like, this, this is such a fun mm-hmm. book as for, like, as much as a war book can be. And Kurt Busiek and Carlos Pachego are working on more. But it was going to be a illustrated novel. Hmm.
1: Um, So this volu- is the only volume that's come up so this far? This is affairs. the only
0: volume so far. And the last update I could see was actually in 2013, where... It was like an interview with Carlos Pacheco. I was like, no, like I was over at Marvel for a mm-hmm. while, like, but now we're working on this. Yeah,
2: he did some um, X Men. Um, yeah, I and I, I, I'd ask Chris because I was like, I'd like to see more in this world. I don't. This really is a nice start and finish to the the character that you're following throughout here. Yeah. I don't know if I need to see anything more about him, but I'd like to see more about what's going on in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, go ahead. The,
0: the novel is going to be another story about Fletcher on, like, a secret mission behind enemy lines. I can't remember the name of it. Um, volume 1 of the comic is, is called So Smart in Their Fine Uniforms, and I love that title. And the issue, issues each have their own kind of little, like, subtitle mm-hmm. that I found fantastic, too. I'm trying to look up what the name of the novel is going to be because when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's perfect.
1: Uh, I wanted to just mention this story with Grace, his sweetie pie, as you yes. just said. It reminds me a lot of uh, not upset uh, Downton Abbey because it's her is uh, coming from a very wealthy family and she decides, you know what, I need to get involved in this war, and she becomes an ambulance driver, mm-hmm. and it does have that Downton Abbey kind of feel where it's World War One and you know fighting in the trenches and it's these you know, either privileged or, you know, not so privileged people coming yeah. to the realizations that uh, the world is a lot bigger than they once thought. Yeah. And I think race is like if you're a fan of Downton Abbey, I think Aerosmith might be really fun for you for you to read because it's it's basically season two, but
2: all in the
1: trenches, you know. Yeah. Um
2: and Carlos uh Pacheco. Pacheco, thank you. Uh, his art is great in it. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And when you said he did a JSA book, I was like, "Oh, perfect art for a JSA book." Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's it's really a good good read. I'm glad you brought this to the table, Chris. Uh, with Carlos Pacheco, I think you really have to pay attention to
1: to the characters because sometimes I I, I do get confused as you know with uh, Fletcher. He has, you know, a more slim kind of look to him, and then uh his arch nemesis in the very beginning like the, of the book. Like the kind of meathead, yeah, meathead guy? Yeah,
2: Yeah, but he had a brush just, cut,
1: and he yeah. was a little bit, a, just a little he bit was more looks, bulky. He was stockier. Yeah. yeah, just a little stockier. But, man. Oh, but when he goes... Those faces are very but then when close. he
0: goes to visit him in the hospital, yeah. and
1: he's just like... Kid, story. I know, it's but
0: story. But I'm but just like, talking I've, about
1: character design I itself. I, I know
0: you're talking okay. about character design, but when you brought up the character, I was like, yeah. it's... It's heartbreaking when you see, like, because Fletcher goes to read to him and he's just like, just kill me. Like Terry season
1: two of Downton. I've never watched that show, Paul. Well, um, if you enjoyed this, you should probably, you should watch season two of Are the dragons? Down. No. No um, dragons? The
0: novel is called Aerosmith, Far From the Fields We Know. Hmm. An illustrated prose novel that focuses on Fletcher Aerosmith in a Prussian prison on a secret mission for the Ooh. Allies.
1: Hmm. And they call them the Central Powers, which is interesting and uh, you know for World yes. war one you know we don't we, we, we get the one glimpse at the uh one Italian that was a uh kind of what 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 was he called a
2: Draden Draden, which is some sort of wood nymph oh yeah all yeah. well, they're also they're testing all the uh all the chemical warfare stuff on those guys too. Yeah. No, no, on the they conjure humani which are like con-
1: some sort of yeah. human analog constructs of magic, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. So they're just kind of uh I I do like They're like, like test dummies, oh. but
0: Yeah. I I can't remember what his name is, but basically like the chief sorcerer that's in charge mm-hmm. of building oh, the weapons. Oh, yeah. Like there's the moment he's like the Magistrate. Wait. Yeah, he's like Wait, what? You smelled something? And He's like, "Yeah, like there's like this tinny taste that you get in the background." I was like, "Oh, we need to
1: adjust this on the spells." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and test everybody for possession. Because yeah. basically, ancient orange has set in, and Reagan's going to deny that it ever affected anybody. I mean, no, that's too political. Let's focus in.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous book, and it's it's a solid story. Everything about this book works, and this is one of those trades that I constantly go back to because I bought
2: this when it came out. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's ten years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, crazy it, it's a shame that I'm only reading it now. Yeah,
1: that's why I'm doing this. Though
2: for nine ninety nine, it's such a great
1: oh yeah yeah great price for the book. It more for nine ninety nine, it's definitely worth the read. It's definitely worth the time. Uh, it is completely enjoyable, and I hope guys are we pretty much wrapped up then yeah i hope was- that you found this episode enjoyable and to prove it you can like us over at facebook because i no longer ask for ratings <laughs> and reviews because you know people don't listen to me uh, but like yes, us uh, people do but like I, us and rate us uh, but i like still us get on to rate facebook. and review
0: any podcast i've ever listened to well you're a jerk i know except for your own yeah, but, uh, but I have something vested in
2: that. But one. do do find us over on the iTunes like like us and uh, rate us I'm, and review us. rate us and review us over there.
0: I just subscribed to our podcast today.
2: Wow! <laughs> yeah, you know you can also follow us
1: on Twitter, which basically is a links to everything we post over on Facebook. But you know it's at Bagnimbord. Yeah,
0: it, do either one of those, and if you comment or post something on there, we'll get back to you. Like we do check that, and we actually love and appreciate seeing you say mm-hmm. something to us, or bring something to the table for us. If you want us to read a book, hey, let us know. Yeah, hey, if you
1: want to pick
2: our yeah, next uh, trade-in policy. If you, you throw out there a trade-in policy for us, we'll definitely do it. Uh friend of the show, Steve, has done it a couple times for mm-hmm. us, and we've we've thanked him for that, because he's gotten us onto a lot of different books that we had the missed. Thor got us under? Uh, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. Um. So, definitely, uh, we love that interaction. It it gives us a little more, a little more than just three friends meeting every week to drink beer and talk about comic books. It gives us a little shot in the we arm. We
1: didn't drink the Saranac. Yeah, we can drink one of those and watch a movie.
2: Like, okay.
1: Like, do you guys got to be somewhere tomorrow. No, I'm I'm all for the next two days. So, listeners, I if do want to feel like a you're was. a friend with me, <laughs> uh, friends with us. Go ahead and pull out uh, one of your favorite Marvel movies and uh, drink drink a beer, and we'll discuss it maybe next Jesus time. Christ. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry I'm upsetting no, you so much. Fucking T-Mobile's a jackass. Okay, well... You heard it here
0: first, everybody. This just in. T-Mobile's a jackass.